So much of what we do day in and day out is based around our habits. What kind of habits do you have around quilting? Are they good habits like purchasing only what you need for each project and then tackling the entire quilt completion? For me, that is a hard no. I have a bajillion UFOs, but I'm happy to say I do keep a list of UFOs and I try to check that list often and especially before I start something new. But there's a lot of room for me to improve. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about one element of habit making that quilters can really use, accountability. Today, we're going to talk with quilting friends and accountability partners, Felicity Ronigan and Nadia Sokol. So grab a cup of tea and listen in. You don't want to miss this. Hey, quilt crew, you know the drill. I'm Brandy Maslowski, quilt teacher, speaker, and author of children's picture book, Christie's Quilt. I created the Quilter on Fire podcast to build a community of quilters that I love. And I have two of those wonderful people with me here today. This is my happy place being surrounded by you. One podcast episode at a time, I'll bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. Welcome to episode 22 of the Quilter on Fire podcast. I've invited Felicity Ronigan and Nadia Sokol on the show today because whether they'd say so or not, they are excellent at keeping each other accountable. I know this because they are my friends from the Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild, and at the monthly show and tell, we see their projects unfold. I also follow them on Instagram, and I'm consistently astonished at the sheer volume of piecing and quilting that they do on a weekly basis. They build their weekly task lists and share them with each other, and bit by bit, they tackle their goals, and I can't wait to share their story with you. Felicity and Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Brandy. It's so fun to have you here. Now, let's start at the beginning. Felicity, tell me, how did you get started with quilting? Well, I actually have my husband to thank for it. And I'm sure he rues the day that he suggested that I take a beginner's quilting class. Um, I had been an admirer of quilts for many years. and But of course, I'm looking at like Smithsonian museum quilts and thinking there's no way I could possibly do that and he said well I'm sure there's some kind of class around that you could take why don't you give it a try so I did and literally from the first minute of the first class my beginner sampler class um, I knew I'd found my thing and that was in I think about 2000 2001 and I, I haven't stopped since Oh, so you've been quilting for a long time. And how about you, Nadia? When did you get started? Well, I kind of fell into quilting in a funny way. I was gifted a sewing machine by my mom and my dad when I graduated university. And I graduated university with a science degree in biochemistry. So to get a sewing machine was kind of interesting. And my, my mom even asked me, she's like, I really want to get you this, but your dad doesn't think it's a good idea. And I was like, no, 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 I want a sewing machine. Yeah, for sure. But I'd only dabbled in it in the past. Like in, in high school, I made a few things. I remember begging my mom to teach me and my friend how to make pajama pants that we then wore to matching pajama pants that we then wore to school for many, many weeks. <laughs> and um, um, but the sewing machine that I got just just sat in the basement and it moved with me from Ontario to British Columbia. And my partner started saying, hey, do you think we could sell that thing? 
<laughs> that's sitting in a box that's brand new. And I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it sometime. And one day, just out of the blue on the local radio station, I heard that there was sewing classes at a quilt shop in Summerline, British Columbia. And it was learn to sew pajama pants of all things. And I called up a friend and we decided to join and it was in a quilting store. And that's what really got me looking at quilting in a different way, because I always thought of quilting as, you know, the quote unquote, you know, something your grandma does. And I was in my thirties at the time. And it's, it was, you know, very modern quilting shop, cherry tree quilts in Summerland. If you haven't gone, go, if you can, it's a great shop. And um, yeah, I, I learned to sew from one of the ladies there, Cindy. And then I kept calling to see when their beginner sampler class was going to start. And I pestered uh, Barb Gillespie, the owner, for many months until until it started. And uh, yeah, I was hooked from then on. And um, I haven't I haven't stopped. So you know, a, a great opportunity, a great place, and here I am. Yeah. So you're both quilters through and through. So where have you guys lived in the world and how did you find yourselves living in the same area of Canada? Felicity, you go first. Well, I was born and raised in Ontario in Toronto. Um, and an opportunity presented itself for me to do my master's degree at the University of British Columbia. So I picked up and moved the ripe old age of 24, never having been to British Columbia before, I'd never really visited any other provinces besides Ontario other than Quebec. So I'd certainly never been that far from home, um, but I just picked up and moved and um, settled. You know, it was at a very um, pivotal time in my life and I left kind of my Ontario life behind. I mean, not my family, but friends. And then developed this whole new network of, of friends. And I um, got a job after I graduated from my master's, my MBA at UBC. And then I settled here um, and then eventually met my partner and got married. And so we lived in Vancouver for over 25 years um, and then just grew tired of city living. We'd had our daughter by then and we just grew tired of city living. We lived in a, a townhouse in the city, which was lovely. We could, I walked everywhere, rode my bike, but it became kind of busy and noisy. And um, we were tired of living in a, a townhome and we were looking at buying a home in Vancouver. Ha ha ha. Um, so long story short, we actually ended up in the Okanagan in a little tiny uh, village called Naramata, which is not far. It's about 15 kilometers north of Penticton on the east side of Okanagan Lake. And um, yeah, our lives changed. I settled here, started working at, um, at Cherry Tree Quilts, actually. And because, you know, when you're a quilter, you look for other quilters when you're in a new community. So um, I actually started working part time at Cherry Tree to really integrate myself into the community. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite shows on Earth was probably one of your last years in Vancouver was the Vancouver Modern Guild show. And I, I literally spent four hours at that show because I enjoyed mm -hmm. it so much. Yeah. I think my husband was hiking Grouse Mountain or something. Yes, but... I remember seeing you there. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I okay, love that. I'm show. here. <laughs> I know it was so great. I'm like, I'm here and I've got an unlimited amount of time yeah. until he's done. I don't know. Anyway, so at Nadia, where have you been in the world your whole life? Um, well, I was also born in Toronto in a West End borough called Etobicoke, which Felicity didn't mention, but she also grew up there. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Etobicoke and I went to the University of Waterloo, lived in Waterloo for 10 years doing schooling and while my partner did schooling and uh, moved out to the Okanagan to Penticton when my partner got a job. And um, yeah, the, the funny thing that Felicity failed to mention was that <laughs> we were destined to meet at some point because, you know, we both grew up in the same area of Toronto. We both grew up in the West End. And one evening before Guild, we were having a dinner together because we both came right after work. We're, I think, two of the few people who have day jobs and then just go directly to Guild because it's too long of a commute to go home. And, you know, we started going for dinner and we started chatting and we found out that, you know, we, our families were kind of in the same area. And then we started talking about high schools and, oh, what high school did you go to? And we figured out that my mother taught Felicity in high school. Oh my goodness. Which is just hilarious. It's just, you know, like one of these weird things where you're across the country and you realize that, you know, someone who grew up in the same area and stuff was, is like, <laughs> now wait a minute do you have all the bad stories about how she behaved in school no my mom doesn't remember <laughs> <laughs> because I was such an excellent student I did not distinguish myself for being terrible I actually it was typing and I took typing <laughs> I took grade nine typing when I was in grade 13 which in the olden days in Ontario it was grade 13 um so instead of a spare I took typing because I wanted to learn um you know to keyboard and so I was like on a mission I was there to learn right I wasn't farting around with the grade nine so uh so yes I'm sure I was an excellent student and that's why she doesn't remember me the funny thing is that my mom went back after my brother was born she went back to the same school and she was offered a full-time position if she could just teach typing and she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna like turn red right <laughs> and, she's, and the thing that she told me, she's like, I can't type. So I just put on like the tape player that's, you know, and A and S and D and E or whatever it was. She's so afraid she was going to be called out for not knowing how to type. And so this is the class of like all of my mom's, my mom was a science teacher of all of the courses that my mom could have taught someone. It was the one where she, she felt <laughs> Like, okay, I'm just, I'm doing this so I can, you know, <laughs> move on. It's basically, yeah, supervising, exactly. self-learning, yeah, yeah self-directed learning. Exactly. Of anyway, so yeah, just, just a kind of funny, you yeah. know, one of those funny kismet weirdo things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so great. So Nadia, when did you make the transition over to BC? So yeah, so my partner um, got a job at uh, in the provincial government and we moved over and I, I had no job. I had... <laughs> It was kind of a clean slate for me. Um, yeah. And as I was working different contracts with the government, um, I I started quilting and I also started working at Cherry Tree Quilts, ironically enough. Um, although Felicity and I never actually worked together, which is kind of funny. Um, I think they knew to keep us apart or else we have trouble. I'm not sure. Anyway. No. She didn't want to, it's because we are both such excellent workers. She didn't want to oh. stack. It'd be too stacked. <laughs> with awesome staff that day we had she had to distribute her fantastic staff across the week <laughs> so when did you guys actually meet for the first time <laughs> at this at the shop I think okay. Nadia, we didn't really work together I think Nadia just came in on a day off to do some shopping and I happened to be working because at that point I had left my job in Vancouver and I wasn't working yet here in the Okanagan so my my only job was you know part-time at the quilt shop during the day whereas you know she came in in the afternoons or this 
weekends or whatever. And we only started to connect and click what in those, you know, a couple hours between the end of the workday and the gift. Mm-hmm. Because um, you know, if I was shopping, I was shopping. <laughs> he's working and uh yeah it just kind of came to be a thing where before guild i wouldn't go home i'd wander around summerland a bit you know the booming metropolis the very very small town of summerland and uh we'd see each other and we'd be like oh why don't we meet for dinner and and that's how we kind of started connecting with each other yeah and do you think we have a beautiful quilt shop here obviously that you guys are talking about but do you think that kind of was the foundation for you to both be such modern quilters did that guide the way that you chose fabrics and things like that well I mean I I was attracted to that that was the only shop really that I was aware of as almost exclusively modern fabric so that's where I I applied basically I called her up and said hey Hey, are you hiring anybody? Because um, I had the time and it seemed like, you know, a dream job, which it was. It was lots and lots of fun. I, I got a job job and then eventually had to had to quit. But um, yeah, no, I, I was already I was already a modern. I would call myself a, a modern quilter before I started work there. So it just reinforced my um, reinforced my aesthetic. Okay. And Nadia, what kind of quilter do you call yourself? Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely a modern quilter. And yeah, my introduction to quilting was through Cherry Tree for sure. I do go to uh, multitudes of shops, <laughs> whether it be online or if in the, you know, olden days when we could travel, um, you know, I would go visit, visit <laughs> shops and, and things like that. But um, yeah, definitely modern and um, yeah, just fun and modern and I don't know, throw me something new and I'm going to try it. Yeah, I love everything that you guys bring to show and tell. So Felicity, who came up with this idea for being accountable to each other? Um, we were trying to figure that out, Nadia and I, who whose idea, you know, who actually came up with it? I think it was Nadia's idea to kind of work together to partner up. But I think I came up with our hashtag because <laughs> we were sort of texting back and forth about just encouraging each other to get stuff done in um in the coming year we had a goal to just work we sort of had individual goals of what we wanted to achieve but we um we helped each other with our our more bite-sized goals and and made it a little bit fun with uh with a check-in with each other did you know i think it was nadia said you know do we want to just sort of work together and keep each other on track and uh it sounded like a great idea so I would say and we'll, we'll mention that hashtag a little bit later after I do a disclaimer, but um, Felicity, I know you mentioned you love to organize and make lists. What do you mm-hmm. actually do with the notes on Instagram? So describe the system, kind of the checks and arrows and the carryover items. Oh, and what do you sure. guys actually do? Well, I, I do. I, I am a list maker. I love making lists. Uh, it just, it, it's a brain dump for me because there's, I, I only have so much room in there. So, you know, I, I lose track of things if I don't write them down. So I had already been uh, using a bullet journal system, which is just kind of quite a simple, you, they can get quite elaborate, uh, but mine is a very um, minimalist bullet journal system of um, making lists and and, and I was already in the habit of breaking down my uh, quilt making into smaller tasks. So 
um, you know, starting from pulling the fabric to cutting, cutting fabric to piecing blocks to putting a quilt top together to layering and basting and quilting and so on. So, and even those different tasks could be broken down into smaller ones. So I was already kind of in that habit of making little bite-sized goals. Um, so that just sort of translated over into our into our weekly goals. And uh, I think that was a bit of an example for Nadia as well to see the, the smaller little bits that you could you could set yourself as a goal for that week. Um, so I track my weekly goals on a post-it um, that I then take a photo of um, and post on Instagram. And so I handwrite it and I just write down what I want to accomplish that week. Uh, and then at the end of the week, I'll review it and see what I did. And I'll edit the photo just on like a photo editing, whatever it is on my phone markup. And I use the bullet journal kind of um, symbols. So a check for the thing that was accomplished and like a greater than sign or like a carrot for things that I'm carrying forward to the next week. Um, and that's really just my own little record keeping. Um, and then I post my old post-it along with my new goals for the week as a little bit of a report um, yeah. and talk a little bit about it and um, use, you know, there's no guilt, there's no pressure. If I carry forward something from week to week to week, that's okay. If I exceed one goal, I get on a roll with uh, something, say I was just gonna cut fabric and I end up just really rolling with it. It's a plus plus extra, extra uh, markup. Um, and it's all very much loose and um, fun without, stress or obligation it's really just uh for me a record keeping and a tracking but also a little bit of motivation but no only in the most positive ways yeah that sounds really good so nadia you you were obviously on board with this right from the start so do you use the exact same kind of system or do you do it a little differently in your own no, way i do it a bit differently and uh yeah going back to how it started um you know you know when you're talking to a quilter and it's like oh i, I haven't I haven't, you know, I, I just, I haven't done anything for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure why I just, I started watching this TV show or it's so nice. <laughs> and then the thing is, is that gets, it kind of becomes your habit, right? So for me, it was just starting to try and have the habit where every week I'm going to try and do something. So I don't fall off the habit and not do something for two months, right? Like I have all this fabric. My mother jokes that I could have a fabric store out of my house, which I can't. But um, <laughs> anyway, besides the point, like I, I need to start getting some projects done. So, so yeah, for me, it's just making a list and um, I do it on sticky notes. I used to do it in multiple different ways. And um, it's just things that I want to do. And I try and be realistic because it always feels good to check mark off stuff. <laughs> some weeks where I think I'm going to have more time. I have bonus things that I'll say, you know, as a bonus, I'll do this. Um, other weeks I might post a picture of me hanging out in my pool with the glass of wine because I didn't do anything because it was so nice outside. <laughs> um, and that's okay. And and as Felicity said, like it, it's okay. It's okay if you don't get stuff done every week. It's not like we're, you know, punishing each other <laughs> or, or what have you. It's just more of the habit of getting into, okay, what could I do this week? And just that little reminder of, oh yeah, we're doing this thing. I'm going to post something. Maybe I can sit for 20 minutes and get part of a goal done. So yeah, I, I do post my list. And then um, at the end of the week, I post check marks on what I've done and my, my new list going forward. Sometimes things get moved forward. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they drop off. It all depends on, on what's, what's going on. And usually during the week as 
as I progress, I'll post pictures of what I've done. So I don't have a big photo dump of 10 things <laughs> or. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So Nadia, are there times when one of you is more motivated than the other and you're having to lift each other up or console each other <laughs> because you didn't get anything done? Um, yeah, sometimes. And it's usually like a text being like, I haven't been at my sewing machine in 12 days. <laughs> and sometimes this would be like, yeah, we do. <laughs> the fire. Nice. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm binge watching Golden Girls or, or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. And yeah, you know, like if, and if, if Felicity is really productive, it, it can definitely motivate me to be like, okay, this evening, 20 minutes, right? Tomorrow, an hour. And, and yeah, it's just, it's like with anything, right? Like we've seen it with, you know, people who want to exercise or have healthy habits, having that accountability partner who you can share things with, who gets it. Like if I told my partner, hey, this week I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with fabric. He'd be like, okay, honey, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> Yeah, that's just super. But we we understand, right, that, you know, getting getting that last block done or even, you know, adding to the pile of um, blocks that you're you're making for a particular scrap quilt is great. Yeah. And, you know, we do remind each other just by virtue of the post, because I think it's it's happened to both of us where one has posted their their, you know, goal, goal roundup and, and, you know, promises or, or goes for the week. And, and uh, the other one's going, Oh, right. <laughs> I haven't done my, I haven't done my goal roundup or I haven't done my list yet. And despite it being a weekly thing, I do manage to forget every now and again. So it's it so Felicity. Is... I saw, actually, I saw you start early on with this notepad that was the letter F mm-hmm. and I think gradually, I think you, you ch- changed over to like uh, electronic actually. So what, is there any significance in the letter F? <laughs> well, the letter F is the only significance is it's the, my name. I love initial things. Um, my around our house, we've got various R's uh, for my for our last name, our family last name. And um, so I, I love things with initials on. I got lots of note cards with F's on them or R's on them. So I just had this sticky note pad and I thought was a little bit more kind of eye-catching than just a, a plain sticky, not that there's anything wrong with plain sticky, but mm-hmm. um, I did start recording on this, and then, like, I know I'm running out, and it won't last me the year, so I thought, oh, maybe for this year, because um, this is our second year of doing it, maybe this year I'll um, do it a different way, so I started using the old, the old school apps, note, um, notes app on, oh, yeah. on, um, for my iPhone, I had to actually download it as a separate app, it was like not the same but I was like okay I found it and I had the hashtag on there and I sort of saved a saved a template and then I was going to use it each week and um, so I was typing on it and then I would do a screenshot and and share it and a friend a friend commented on one of one of my posts is it strange that I miss seeing your handwriting because she's in Vancouver (laughs) and I'm here um really it's is it strange that I miss seeing your handwriting on these lists she's not even a quilter you know it's just a way to connect with me and see what I'm up to so that kind of got me thinking again so I've reverted back to um I've reverted back to my f sticky notes just just for Kate so uh yeah, yeah that's great 
And I love scrolling through your Instagram feed and you can go back and look at all the beginning where you started and what you're crossing off. And you just, Mm -hmm. every time you see an F, it's like, oh, let's look at this one or that one. Well, that was part of the reason why I wanted something a little bit catchy, right? So that that was the first picture that I would post, you know, it would be like a multiple photos, you know, here's a couple of things that I did. And yeah, but that was part of it. And also for my own record keeping to go back and and, um, easily find, uh, easily find those posts. Yeah. So you both have full-time jobs. So Nadia, let's start with you. Tell me how the type of work you do kind of jives with the idea of having a system for accountability. Sure. So I work as a lab technician in an agriculture research station. So I do a lot of experiments, right? So picture your typical science nerd geek, awesome person, whatever you want to call them. And that's me. So there are these big goals, these big, you know, goals about how the science is going to help Canadians. And it's super awesome. But my job is to do all those little steps to get to a result that will reflect that goal. So um, how Felicity was talking about breaking up things into little pieces, that's exactly what I do. So, um, you know, I'll I'll do experiments and I have to actually record everything in the lab book by hand where it's like, you know, I took this tube from this shelf and did this to it. So, you know, very, very specific. So I can go back five years, you know, later and see exactly what I did. So I'm, I'm very into very specific things and writing things down and breaking things into teeny tiny pieces. Today I put labels on something and that's been on my list for like three months. So, you know, it was a win. So I am, I'm very into small manageable pieces and checking things off a list and recording them. So it jives. Yeah. <laughs> and Felicity, you work with numbers. So that jives too with accountability, right? I do. So what do I'm you do? In, I'm in banking. Um, my job is to approve business loans, basically business and commercial loans at a credit union local here. Um, And it's the job I've done for the majority of my career, even when I was back in Vancouver. Um, So um, similar, you know, the the job that I do is quite methodical. I don't necessarily, it's quite transactional. Um, I don't necessarily have to break each thing down, but it definitely, um, that approach appeals to my organized mind. My mind does need to be organized for, for the kind of work that I do, being a lot of financial analysis and keeping numbers straight and analyzing numbers. Um, but it's very reflective of just like I, as I said earlier, my approach to almost like a project management approach to my quilting and my quilting goals. And um, at one point I had found myself quite overwhelmed by all of the projects that I wanted to accomplish. And I spent a lot more time flipping through magazines or books that was really before the internet. (laughs) Again, in the (laughs) old days. (laughs) Um, So, you know, when you got notes. (laughs) Yeah, I was typing my notes on my manual typewriter. Um, (laughs) But it I, I, I was just really overwhelmed with everything that I wanted to accomplish. And I found myself doing a lot more dreaming and planning than actual sewing. So I realized I just, I had to start somewhere. And the, the, that somewhere that I chose was 20 minutes a day and recognizing that each project, each finish was composed of many stitches and any stitches that I did were toward, were going to be accumulating toward that goal of, of finally a finish. So by 
chopping my goals up into very literal bite-sized pieces of 20 minutes that, you know, any, you can do pretty much anything for 20 minutes. So even if I didn't feel like being in my studio or at my sewing machine, I'd say, oh, just 20 minutes, you know, it'll get advance you a little bit closer to the goal. So that I found really worked for me. And once I started that, I started to become really productive. And the goal wasn't necessarily productivity, and, but it was the goal was to do the thing that I love to do, which was sewing and quilting and making quilts. So um, it helped me achieve that goal and it re-immersed me in that time spent at my sewing machine and, um, and enjoying making. So it got me back to enjoying making and actually doing the making itself. So that's something I've been doing for a long time. So these small goals, it, it was already kind of part of my sewing practice or my quilting practice. Uh, and then I just focused it a little bit on um, the goals that Nadia and I were, were making together or the process at least that we were enjoying together. Yeah, that's so great. It sounds like you're really finding some work-life balance there. So Nadia, how do you find work-life balance? Is quilting sort of your creative escape as well from work? Oh, absolutely. When I found quilting, um, yeah, I knew it was for me. There's enough accuracy and attention to detail that really satisfies the scientific mind in me, but then you can be so creative. And I've met so many creative people through the Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild, through online forums, through Portland Modern Quilt Guild that I'm a member of and through the shop and the cherry tree quilts, as well as our other local quilt shops like Poppins. And um, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you can't bear to hear a single swear word, plug your ears for a moment because Felicity, who came up with the hashtag and what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I did because um, we were just talking about getting shit done. And that was sort of, I jokingly said, um, and this is, you know, when we talked about doing this sort of goal thing, it was you know, toward the end of 2019, because we we're going to start kind of fresh in um, 2020. And I, and I jokingly in our, you know, text conversation, put hashtag Felicity and Nadia get shit done 2020. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. that's what it was about. So we are indeed getting shit done with our, um, with our goal lists. When I first saw that hashtag on Instagram, I almost fell over because it is the longest hashtag <laughs> I've ever seen. And I wasn't even sure you could put swears on Instagram, but it was so funny. So, and where can we go to find this hashtag and follow along with your progress? Well, now it's 2021. So hashtag Felicity and Nadia get shit done 2021. And uh, so you can just search the hashtag. I think there's a couple of, uh, you can follow hashtags on Instagram. And so there's a couple of people who are fo following that hashtag, which means that when you're on Instagram and you follow a hashtag, whenever someone uses that hashtag, it will pop up in your feed along with the other um, accounts that you follow on Instagram. Yeah. So you don't have to actually search each of you out and try to scroll through and find them. It can just Correct. type in that hashtag and go to town. That's right. So Nadia, how long have you both been doing this together and are you changing it up year after year? Um, yeah. So we started in 2020. We didn't realize what a gong show 2020 would be, but uh, we started in 2020 and um, yeah, we, we have been changing it up. And even though that 2020 was a bit of a gong show, we, we mostly 
posted almost every week. There was a few weeks that I took off. I just needed a break and no commitments. And I think same with Felicity, um, as with everyone in 2020, right? Um, but it also helped me keep my momentum during the pandemic and during COVID. It just, you know, kind of reminded me that I have this thing. This thing is constant and this is what I love to do and just keep doing this thing that you love to do, right? Um, so yeah, 2020 was great and it, it was winding up and I was texting with Felicity and I was like, yeah, I, th I think I'm going to do it again. Like, what do you think? Do you, will you do it with me? And she said, yes, which was super fun. Cause it's fun to do it with someone, right? Yes. Like, it's just fun to have an accountability buddy, um, <laughs> which is my name for it. <laughs> I think I stole that off of a movie, which I can't remember the name of. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, this year I put a new twist on my goals. I wanted to use 25 pieces of my um, formerly loved stash. So, you know, as quilters, we start, we love something, we buy a lot of it. We love things that are on sale perhaps. And then over the years, our likes change, our, um, what we love in fabric changes, whether it's the feel or the colors or what have you. So I do have a pile of fabric that I bought at the beginning of my quilting journey that I still really like, but I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it. I don't love it, love it anymore, but I do want to use it. I'm not ready to give it away. So I really want to use 25 pieces of my, um, my older stash just to kind of, you know, remind myself, I don't need to go out and buy a backing maybe, or I don't need to go out and buy binding or, you know, for this project, I, I look at what you have. Right. So, so that, that's my goal this year on top of my list is keeping a tally of how many pieces of my older stash that I use. And I said that if I use 25, I get to go on a shopping spree, although I still shop throughout the year, but I'll get to go on a shopping spree <laughs> once the 25 are done. So that's my new thing. And I think Felicity has a new thing too for this year. Yeah. What's your new thing for this year, Felicity? I do. Um, so I've got a number of, I did a bit of a reassessment of the projects that I had on the go um, at the beginning, let's say at the end of last year, and did a cull of uh, projects that weren't bringing me joy anymore for whatever reason. And in some cases they were partly made and the pattern just wasn't jazzing me anymore, or the fabric, or it just wasn't something I really wanted to put my quite limited time into because I do work full time. Uh, outside the home, although I am working from home, so I don't know if that counts, but anyway, outside <laughs> the home, inside the home. Um, and so recognizing that my my hobby time it needs to be my joyful time. So there were a few projects that I was ready to let go. Some of them I brought to our Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild um, garage sale where, you know, someone's previously loved project is someone else's newly loved project. So got rid of a, um, a couple of projects that way. Other ones, I just, I redistributed the fabric back into my stash and, um, you know, scrapped the, the partially made uh, components. But then I felt like I was starting fresh with what projects I had on the go were ones that I really still loved, wanted to finish, wanted to work on. So my goal for 2021 was to loosely alternate new new starts with previously started uh, treasures. So, and it, it isn't a one for one necessarily, but it would just help me keep other projects top of mind or older projects top of mind. So before starting something new, maybe I would pull out something that I had already started and get to work on it. And in fact, I'm 
I'm well into the midst of, of a, a project that I started. I think it was in 2011, I believe. So still love it. Um, and it was put away for far too long. So I've, I've gotten back into it and I've completed the blocks and I'm close to getting the, uh, the quilt top started. So it's all good. Yeah, that's such a great way to pull things out of the dust, right? Mm -hmm. So Nadia, how has this accountability challenge that you're doing together kind of changed your online presence? Oh, it, it has for sure. I wasn't really using Instagram that much before. I'd, I'd you know, scroll through other people's <laughs> pictures and get really inspired and then really depressed that I hadn't made anything. And then, not depressed, but just like, oh man, I need to be making more. Um and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was more of a looker than a poster. So when I started posting more and then I started looking at other people's projects and other people's um, requests for participation, and I, I started getting a little bit more confidence and, um, you know, some people would start liking my, my handle and, you know, I, I started being, feeling like I could speak out a little more. And, and I actually, um, I randomly joined a, cotton and steel economy block swap with a bunch of people in the US back in early 2019. So even before this happened, but it was a real big jump for me because it's like, I don't know these people, but I have a whole bunch of this fabric. I love this type of fabric. I love these designers. Um, and I was like, hey, can a Canadian join this? And I didn't realize that I think most of the people actually knew each other except for like me <laughs> and maybe one other people that I convinced to join. Um, anyway, so I, I, I ended up meeting a bunch of people through just participating more online. So I met a whole bunch of people who are in Portland, Oregon, and a lot of us sew together on Saturday nights. And there's a gal out in New York. Um, there's some people in California. And I just, I ended up, because I was posting more and in, then engaging more with other people, I ended up having more meaningful connections. And um yeah, it ended up kind of blossoming with with other people who wanted to have more meaningful quilting connections to kind of a group of us almost getting together weekly, pretty much. Some people get together weekly. I, I go most weeks that I can. And and it's it's one of those weird things where I never started posting on Instagram to find that, but it just kind of happens. So, you know, um, I know these are weird times and people are struggling maybe to find connection because you can't see people face to face, but the more you put yourself out there, uh, the more you'll get back. Right. So, um, yeah, it mm -hmm. definitely, it definitely gave me more confidence for posting and engaging online and it gave me more presence. Right. So that when people, if I commented on something and then people looked at my, my page, they'd see what I'm up to. It wasn't like, Oh, who's this weird lady who has one post. I'm not going to respond to her. Right. So, so anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it just, it totally, it, it just increased my engagement. So what did you end up swapping like what did you send and what did you receive oh yeah so that was like my favorite swap so far um you know all swaps are fun you meet a lot of great people you get some really awesome stuff but this swap was all supposed to be original cotton and steel uh designer fabric all in an economy block setting so it was great because I, I get really nervous with swaps. It's like, oh, did I pick fabric that they like? Did I do the aesthetic that they like? But this was, it's all the same block and it's all these designers. So, you know, people usually collect this kind of stuff. So you have a whole bunch of really nice fabrics that you know these other people are going to love and you send off um, 10 blocks to each person. I think it was 10 or maybe it was eight. I can't remember. And then you get back 10 blocks. So I have, you know, these gorgeous quilts that all go together because all these lines nicely match together in 
a loose way. And uh, yeah, I, I've got blocks from Arizona. I've got blocks from California. I've got blocks from a lot of blocks from Portland, some blocks from uh, Gallup and Summerland actually that I convinced to join. And, and they are my favorite, favorite quilts. And that was probably the, the greatest swap that I've done uh, so far. Not that the other ones weren't great. It was just, you know, the, the aesthetic and, and just meeting people and people have become friends over Instagram and, and stuff from that. So it was a great experience. Yeah, that's really fun. So Felicity, engaging online has really created some quilting joy for you as well. So tell me about Be Social. Yes, Be Social is amazing. We are, um, we are a solids only improv B. Uh, so a group, and it, the, the number has ranged from, let's say, eight to 10 people. Um, we sew together based on prompts that um, when it's your month, it's your prompt. And so that means you choose the inspiration, you choose the, the direction, the theme, the colors loosely, uh, and then each of the members um, makes a block and sends it to you. So we've been going for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. um, we met through Flickr, actually, which is uh, also from the olden times. <laughs> um, it used to be the place, to, the community place to be like an online community um, through groups and discussions where lots of um, online bees and swaps originated. So we um, gathered, I was invited because of people that I met through through just it was kind of the precursor to Instagram you would comment on people's photos get to know each other's handles get to know each other through um, that and blogging as well so be social has been a major source of uh, inspiration and challenge and joy for me we've met in person um, at retreats and at QuiltCon when we can because we're from all over the place lots of few of us from Canada few from the US um and so when we can we gather but mostly our interaction is online hence the social is s-e-w-c-i-a-l because it's social media um so we now connect through instagram um but yes it's it's an absolutely incredible group of makers that i feel so very privileged to be um sewing with and we love hearing the stories about it at guild meetings and stuff, but that ended up leading to entering shows and some big awards. So tell us about all that. Yes, many of our members, uh, quilts that have been made from Be Social blocks, um, have won some pretty prestigious awards, including um, Best in Show at the 2019 QuiltCon show. Um, where Leanne Chali, who um, assembled a quilt that she called Smile, which was um, what she called maximalist. So lots of colors, a riot of colors in brights and beautiful um, arrangements. It was the first group quilt that won Best in Show at QuiltCon. And um, it was, uh, it really is a spectacular quilt. So the, the person who, prompt it is is the owner of the quilt they're like the, the quilt director so um 
the the theme was hers the the color suggestions were hers and she is the one who brought the blocks you know in and assembled the quilt uh, and filled in as necessary you once the blocks are yours you do with them what you want um, other members have entered shows and won a variety of prizes at QuiltCon and at other um, quilt shows including you know in Houston, um, so they aren't necessarily exclusively entered in modern categories. These these are some pretty uh, prolific and talented uh, quilt makers that I am privileged to make with. So uh, it's it's just it's a wonderful group to to create with. And uh, each month when we see our prompt, I mean, there's, we all agree that at first when we see the prompt, we, nobody knows what they're going to do. It's like, you know, for me, it's a, a week or two or three of mulling and thinking about, oh, how am I going to interpret this, this um, prompt, but this, the techniques that I've had to teach myself and the um, designs that I've had to come up with have very much stretched my creativity in all the best ways by sewing with these people. I, um, yeah, there, there are just so many, there are too many wonderful prompts to name, but um, yeah. my solid spin has definitely gotten its workout with, uh, with these quilts. Yeah, and we feel so lucky at our guild having you every month because you challenge <laughs> us with blocks every single month, which we have so much fun with. And there's always such a buzz every time you're talking about Be Social and everything that you guys are doing. So it's always fun at our guild. And we can't wait to get back together in person again, finally. <laughs> Hopefully this spring we'll be able to meet outdoors in the park or something. So Nadia, are you both together in this accountability kind of project? Are you doing some of the same things together or is it all your independent things? You're all doing everything different. It's mostly independent things. Sometimes we'll have a project that we're both working on, whether it's a guild project or what have you, but it really is a personal goal. Um, what I choose to do, you know, may not interest Felicity and what Felicity chooses to do may be, uh, may be beyond the skill level of myself. <laughs> anyway, so no, it is a very individual thing. It's more about um, sharing progress and keeping each other um keeping each other just posted as to, to what we're, what we're up to. And that, that little, um, we were talking about this the other day, gentle reminder isn't really gentle anymore, but just that little nut. When you see the other person has posted their goals and you're like, oh yeah, I haven't done that yet. Or, oh yeah, I didn't really do much, but this week I'm going to try and do more. So it's, it's more about, yeah. about that rather than working on the same thing. Okay. Now I have to ask about the items on the wall behind you, Nadia, what's going on back there? Well, this is Hot Urban's <laughs> uh, watercolor quilt that I did a class with through the Portland Modern Quilt Guild. So um, as, as well as belonging to the Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild, I do belong to the Portland, Portland Modern Quilt Guild and they have a really big online presence and they're making it very accessible for people who live outside the area to participate. So cotton and bourbon, watercolor quilt, awesome, awesome class. Um, also, I have some samples. The bottom and the top um, is those are from uh, Trisha Royal. Her uh, handle is Bits and Bobbins, I believe. Uh, that was also through the Portland Modern Quilt Guild. And then in the middle, I have um, a lovely gifted uterus to me from um, one of my Portland friends. And uh, a group of uh, Portland sewers came together and made a uh, women's rights quilt I think it was back in 2019 and there were some leftover blocks and um, through again some of these people who I met um, online 
they, uh, they, they were having a suitcase going around Portland with uh, lost blocks or fabric that you wanted to give away. And uh, even though I know all these people, but I'm not going to get the suitcase. <laughs> um, so I just posted, if anyone wants to send me one of those uh, women part blocks, I would love to have one. And uh, my friend Marika did send me one and I believe it was made by Sarah Flynn. So they're, uh, they're both online and they're, they're both uh, good online online quilting buddies to me. So I, I do appreciate that block. And Felicity, can you tell us about the quilt behind you? It's gorgeous. Well, thank you. This is my sample quilt. I taught a, uh, an improv sampler class at Cherry Tree. Um, just a really gentle introduction to folks um, teaching some techniques as opposed to a pattern, working with all solids because that's it's an easy place to start. They're very painterly to quote the late, great Gwen Marston. So you don't have to worry about patterns matching or things going the wrong way or stripes that don't work. So yeah, it's um, it's my backdrop for my Zoom calls at work because I like to, despite it being you know a bit of a stiff profession, I like to humanize myself a little bit by having my quilts behind me and I change them monthly and I get reminders if I haven't changed my backdrop <laughs> quilt after the first of the month. So that's become a bit of a joke with some of my colleagues. But yeah, it's a it's a solids um, quilt with various improv techniques and patterns uh, incorporated in it, and um, it's joyful and it it reminds me of the colors of tulips. So that's why it's my April quilt. And you're such a good teacher. I remember going. You actually weren't teaching a class, but I remember going to one of my first sew along days for the Modern Guild. And as an art quilter, I'm very new to solids. I'm very new to modern quilting, and I remember how kind and quiet you were describing the definition of improv to me because I was doing it all wrong. I was meticulously planning how I was going to improv and you're like, no, Brandy, <laughs> let's, let's look at the definition here again. And it wasn't really a specific definition. It was more like a freedom you were trying to give me, but I wasn't having it. So it was quite funny. But um, now are you too competitive when you're doing this type of stuff together, like year after year, or like, do you have to put money in a jar if you don't get something done each week? Or what if you don't meet your goals? What happens? Not yet. We aren't competitive yet. <laughs> Although I do have a competitive personality. So I'm surprised this isn't competitive. We, we, we compete <laughs> with ourselves. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea of putting money in a jar, like I really do think I should be putting money in my own jar. <laughs> <laughs> with when things aren't done or when things are done and then use that money to, to buy some fun fabric at the end of the year. I don't know. That's, that's a great idea, but no, we aren't competitive unless Felicity is competitive with me. And I just don't know. Time to go. No, <laughs> no, no, we aren't. Um, it's very parallel our work. Like we, we, um, encourage each other and we are working together but in parallel so we're not we rarely work kind of on the same things unless it might be something for guild um but really it's just we're doing doing our doing our own thing side by side mm -hmm. i i am in some respects quite competitive just being an oldest child i can't help myself um my my joke at work is when we do like energizers before meetings it'll always be okay how do i win this energizer <laughs> <laughs> I like to be the best of things. Um, 
but I mean, who knows, maybe, maybe our 2022, you know, twist will be that we put money in a jar if we've accomplished something or haven't accomplished something, or it's a, a going out for celebration after the, the 2022 year. I don't know, but uh, no, hopefully restaurants will be open by the end of 2022. And we can go, we can <laughs> use our accomplishment jar to, to buy, uh, to buy dinner or something, but uh, yeah, no, it's about encouragement, not, not competition. So Felicity, I've noticed a ton of churn blocks on your Instagram feed and in show and tell at Guild. And you even suggested it as our Guild logo, which was beautiful. Uh, what's the story behind you and this block? And the churn dash? I don't know. I mean, it's just my favorites. Yeah. Some people have favorite blocks and there's just something about the churn dash block that has always spoken to me. So the project that I was referring to that I had started in 2011 it was partly an online bee through Flickr. actually is when i started to collect these blocks they're six they're six inch scrappy bright scrappy churn dash blocks assembled in groups of four so they make like a 12 12 inch finished block uh, and i've just been working through my stash at one point my friends in the vancouver modern quilt guild we did a bit, little bit of a swap i made some blocks for someone else and they made me some churn dashes um, it's just i don't know it's i would say my favorite traditional block to to make in modern fabrics and i love 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 um, noisy scrappy quilts and this one's going to be noisy and scrappy and it's going to be for me so now I've kind of turned my attention to it this is that's sort of my old project for this this little period of of work and I'm extremely excited about uh, about it so yes I've, I've assembled all of my you know sets of four so I've got all of my 12 inch blocks ready to go I'm just going to do some actually some sashing which is not a typical um, kind of modern modern quilt setting but it's more modern traditional so the way i've made a, a traditional block modern is using much more modern fabrics um, mm -hmm. for all of the components including the setting yeah that's awesome and since we now know what's on felicity's design well i guess i should ask you nadia what what are you working on at the moment what's on your design Ooh, at the moment well i have my cat who is lying on <laughs> what i'm building right now so it's Krista Hanaberry's round peg square hole. So yes, I'm quilting that, but she has decided that she's going to lie on it right now. So it'll be de-herifying that one and continuing on that. Um, I also went and uh, bought some solids today for the mini mod swap that the Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild is doing with uh, Bereen Campbell Happy So Lucky. Um, so we're, we're doing that. So that I purchased some, some uh, fabric for. So I'm hoping to take a look at that before our so day slash guild meeting next week. Um, yeah, so those are the things that are kind of on the on the go. I also have a jean quilt that I need to piece the backing of. I'm now like looking at my sticky note of what my goals will be. <laughs> yeah. Do the backing for that, which will take up some of my old, old fabric. And uh, yeah, and the Okanagan Modern Quilt Guild uh, challenge um, blocks. So I've, I've got a few things going on, depending on what I feel like, and depending on where the cat moves, if she moves off of that quilt that I'm trying to quilt. So you guys are in year two, you're going to be going into year three of this. So what do you do with all these quilts that you guys are making? I do different things. I give some away. I keep some. I keep a lot. We've got lots of quilts in the house. They're on the beds and they're on the walls and they're on the chairs and they're on the backs of the chairs and they're on the quilt ladder and on other beds. And I, I, I love quilts and I love the quilts that I, that I make and keep. So um, 
very much a source of joy for me. Um, I also, I've got quite a few nieces and nephews, so I make, I make quilts for them for sort of life events. So my, my eldest nephew just went off to college this year, and so I made a, a quilt for his dorm room, and I've made them for, you know, monumental birthdays for my siblings. So, you know, there's, there's always an occasion for a quilt. Yeah. And what about you, Nadia? What do you do with everything? Um, I do keep a lot. And it's funny that that you ask this question because I, I get this sometimes from um, from people. They're like, well, what do you do with all these quilts? Oh, you're making another one. And and then I kind of was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, do they ask, do people ask painters? Oh, you're painting another picture. Maybe they asked Monet like, oh, you're painting another haystack. Like maybe they did. I don't, I don't know. Um, but for me, it's all about the process. And, and I just love the process, I love that it's creative yet um, specific and detail oriented. And and for me, the end goal isn't necessarily always the the goal. The goal is to make, right? Um, so yeah, a lot of them I do keep. I probably keep more than I should. I think now it's been three years where I donate one at Christmas to the South Okanagan Women in Need uh, Foundation through our workplace uh, charitable campaign. So I donate one to a family for a Christmas basket so I, I definitely do that and um yeah there there are family members that do get them for sure um and there was one year where I decided that I'm not going to I'm not going to make things I'm not going to feel like I have to make things for other people and that really changed the joy that I got of, out of quilting because I found a lot of these kind of stops and hesitations where if I was working on a project that didn't really bring me joy right so that might mean fabric that isn't my style but it is someone else's style or a pattern that someone really wants me to make, but I'm kind of not really intrigued by it. So now when people get a quilt for me, it's something I want to make and with fabric that I like. <laughs> and usually I try and gauge it to that personality, right? Like I'm not going to give someone pastel solids if they're really into black skulls, right? Like <laughs> uh, I will, I will tailor it, but I, I really will just make something that's I like and that I think is nice and that I think they will really like, right? Um, rather than getting requests. So that that really made a big difference for me and being able to set that boundary of, yes, I quilt, but I quilt because it is my downtime and because I enjoy it and it is my hobby and it is my rest from real life, right? Like it is where I gain yeah. energy. So doing it for, okay, fine. You want to pay me? I, I, I'm not into that. I, I'm, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that offer, but, um, I have job job. And then my sewing time is my relaxation time and my creative time. So when people get a gift from me, it's, uh, it's, it's from me <laughs> and all sense and purposes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they go to multiple places. Yeah. So it's absolutely for both of you, it sounds like this is your creative escape. And I think a lot of quilters feel the same way. So can you each tell me about in these last couple of years that you've been accountable to each other? Is there one project that's been most memorable, like one accomplishment you're really proud of? Felicity, you go first. Is there something you were really glad to accomplish because of this accountability thing? That's a good question. Hmm, let me think. <laughs> Instagram on that one. <laughs> There's so much. There is so much. Um, yeah, I, I think actually my churn dashes that I'm working on right now, you know, not to be repetitive, but they were, you know, I would take them out, I would bring them to retreats and work on them or not, and then they'd come back home. And 
I, I knew I wasn't ready to give up on them and I would usually be disappointed if I hadn't gotten around to, to working on them, but it always seemed that there was something else, not, not something else to do, but eh, they were in my work in progress drawer and they weren't kind of top of mind. But with this goal of doing a, an older project uh, along with new projects or alternating as much as possible, it actually, I listed out in my bullet journal, I <laughs> listed out my um, the projects that I wanted to work on, the old ones and the new ones. Yeah. And so it was right there. And um, so now that I, I took it, took the churn dashes back out, I am fully back into them like I'm the momentum is totally back and I'm looking through the ones that I made and the ones that friends made um, in some cases 10 years ago that I still love I'm remembering fabric and it's bringing me joy all over again so it's memorable in the sense that you know I still got it, you know, that the, the churn dash has still got it. And I'm really still happy. You know, we're still connected. The fire is still there. Oh, that's so good. And how about you, Nadia? What's been memorable for you these last couple of um, years? Well, the, the swap blocks, the cotton and steel economy swap blocks were those, those I, there were two quilts that I made out of them. They're, they're just gorgeous. I love them. One from the blocks that I received from people. And then when I sent blocks away to people, I actually made duplicates so I kept one for myself because I just loved all the blocks that I made and I'm like I can't just send them away so I'll make two and I sent the better one away and kept the one with like wonky seams or whatever for myself so those are great but the one that I think I'm the most proud of is uh completing um a block of the month which I've come to realize I'm really crappy at keeping up with block of the month so I up for a block of the month um, through cherry tree quilts for the sweet tooth pattern by Jaybird quilts. And, you know, I had all these really nicely organized baggies, 12 of them for the 12 months with all the fabric. And, you know, I had the pattern, but I'm just really crappy at getting them done every month. So <laughs> at the beginning of this, um, it was like, no, each week, like, no, you're going to get that block done or you're going to get it cut, not even done, just get it cut. Just get it cut. Next week was <laughs> put it together. And I do have the top done. I, I finished the top last spring, I think spring or summer, and it's just sitting there waiting for it to be quilted. But because of COVID, I haven't been quilting um, on the long arm that I rent as much as I, I used to. But so that finish is the one that I'm most proud of because it was the one that was weighing over me so much. I love the quilt. It's solid. It's modern. It was a block of the month that I was super excited to start, but just never I don't know if I sign up for a block of the month, just slap my hands and say, don't do it because I don't have <laughs> a good track record with uh, keeping up with that. I'm much better with these weekly <laughs> accountability goals than monthly goals. <laughs> yeah. And I bet if you both get together after all this is over and you take a look back at everything you accomplished right from the very beginning, you'll be really astonished with yourselves because we're astonished just watching along on Instagram. <laughs> so, so now we are going to take a short break for a note from our sponsors, and then we'll come right back and talk to Nadia and Felicity about more memorable moments, some quilt challenges they've loved. So here's a word from Northcott. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, I give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Boutiques, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. 
And now here's a word from our clothing sponsors. Sass Boutique is dressing me in style for the podcast trailers. This colorful Patrick themed blouse is designed by Zacket and Plover. Zacket and Plover is a family Melbourne based business. If you're listening and you can't see me right now, head on over to the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel to watch the trailer so you can check out my clothing. You can pick up the phone and order what I'm wearing. Just call 250-494-1677. With locations now in Summerland and Penticton, BC, Sass Boutique carries beautiful comfortable classy clothing and we are back with Felicity and Nadia and we all love to hear about quilting challenges so if a challenge comes up at our local modern guild here um, you guys sometimes schedule right into your weekly goals so can you each tell us about a favorite quilt challenge that you've done let's start with Felicity well this isn't one that I've done we've done yet with uh, our local modern guild but I'm definitely going to suggest it for the after times and we can uh, be together again and um, and actually exchange things Um, so this is a challenge that we did when I was a member of the Vancouver modern quilt guild and it's called the scrap challenge and each person who wanted to participate would fill a small like sandwich size Ziploc uh, with fabric scraps and you would tuck your name on the inside not so that it was visible so you all you would see is a a bag of scraps and all of the bags would go onto a table and everybody who contributed a bag would go and select one that wasn't theirs and then um, make something out of those scraps for the person that the scraps belong to and um, it's it, we did it a few different times and it, each time it was so fun uh, the create the challenge was okay well what am I going to make um, how am I going to incorporate these scraps what am I going to do with them um, and then the joy of it was receiving something made from your fabric so you know you're going to like it because mm-hmm. it's your fabric um, and I've I've received some beautiful fabric uh, bins I've received a zippy pouch I've made pin cushions I've made uh, like a, a side of the sewing machine um, pin cushion and a little garbage bag combo um, just tons of fun so any any kind of challenge like that is definitely something that you can add to a weekly goal little bits and bobs as you uh, work through the process of making the item it's ideally suited to a little goal setting strategy yeah that sounds like so fun I'm already imagining which scraps I would put in my little baggie for someone to make for me (laughs) I have all kinds of things left over still Mm -hmm. so Nadia what kind of challenge do you love to do the best or have you been have you done one before that you oh yeah there there's definitely tons um I get a little nervous when I'm sending something to someone that I don't really know, or maybe a guild member that I don't really know. And I need to kind of get, I don't know, I just need to kind of get over that. The more I do it, the the easier it becomes, I guess. Um, one of my favorites was this year, I signed up for the uh, Modern Quilt Guild mini swap around QuiltCon. So that I was super excited about, and then I got really, really scared about <laughs> because I found my person. Um, I think her handle is the quilt doctor and her work is just fabulous. And she hasn't been quilting that long and she's so productive. And I was going, Holy Moses, what am I going to make? That's going to live up to what this woman does. And uh, I ended up being pretty happy with, with what uh, came out of it. I also did, uh, (laughs) did a bit of a survey with some of my friends and some of my Saturday night sewing group of like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, uh, and yeah, I, I ended up sending something that I was proud of to, to her and what I received was absolutely gorgeous. And, 
and it was, it was great. And what I really liked about that swap and that challenge is that when you filled out the form, you could choose whether you were a beginner, intermediate, or experienced sewist. You could put down whether what kind of fabrics you liked, what kind of fabrics you didn't like. Um, you put down whether or not you came from a home with pets or with smokers. Like I know, I know some some friends who are very allergic to cats and dogs, and you know, if I ever give them anything, I I make sure I de-herify <laughs> the fabric, although I'm still scared that they're going to have an allergy attack when they open the package. But uh, yeah, it was it was just really well organized and really thoroughly done. And they, you know, it's it's a big it's a big group. They have the experience of doing this, so uh, they really have it down pat. So I was really I was really happy with that one. Yeah, and did you did I remember you mentioning something about she put some kind of cool fabric in there that was particular oh, to yeah. you? Like was it science yeah. sciencey or we something? Figured out. We we chatted a bit over Instagram and we both figured out she was, I think is a geologist or a or a geotechnical something or other. So science, nerd, what have you. And I'm, as I said before, very science nerd geek. I love it. And we both put um puts kind of nerdy science fabric on the backing of our minis. So I put the periodic table on the back of hers and she put <laughs> some uh, math equations on the back of mine. And, and it was really fun. And it was a great way again to, to meet someone, right? Like, I don't know if we'll chat very often or anything like that, but it was a great way to make a connection. And again, just another, another connection, right? Yeah, that's so fun. So Felicity, was there a point in this whole accountability thing you've been doing where it went from really just trying to be accountable to like, okay, this is just natural now. This is easy. This Let's keep this up. It works for us. Well, absolutely. I, I was already making goals because I write lists and I like to check, check off a to-do list. Who doesn't? Um, I've been known to write something down just to be able to check it off because I had originally forgotten to put it on the list. I have no shame about that. I'll do it. I like my <laughs> check marks. Um, so flowing into uh, just sharing my weekly goals really wasn't a, a big change. It was already natural. I think what became second nature, it just, you know, connected Natty and me more um, because we were connecting on the regular via Instagram or even via, via text um, and just sharing progress and um, asking advice and showing off fabric purchases. <laughs> and so, um, so yes, the connection, I would say it was the connection as opposed to the sharing that became more regular yeah. and more second nature. Oh, that's awesome. And so I might've already instigated that you guys might start putting money away if you don't meet your goals, but have you guys ever talked about getting matching t-shirts or anything? That's a great idea. I love it, <laughs> but we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> no, no. It's got to be like, get shit done t-shirts. Exactly. Something fun. Just hashtag yeah. getting shit done. Yeah, for <laughs> exactly, sure. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. So 2020 has been a strange year for everyone. Nadia, how did getting shit done help you through the pandemic? And did it make a big difference for you? Um, I think it did. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who's bored. I'd hear from people like, oh man, I'm bored. I'm doing the same thing every day. I'm sitting at home and I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bored yet. <laughs> I got, <laughs> got too much to do. to do. I, it really actually reconnected me with being home. I have a busy work life. I'm also very involved in different parts of my community with women's groups and uh, human rights groups and uh, political action and things like that. So a lot of those things have fell by the wayside because you can't do things in person anymore. Um, or, or they're over Zoom meetings where I can so well, I listen and 
this debate. I've been called out in in Zoom meetings for doing that in a nice way. They're, they're like, oh, that's awesome. And I have to then make sure that people aren't offended that I'm actually sewing. And they aren't. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it. I think it's helped with the fact that I'm not bored and I'm not stir crazy. And um, yeah, I just, I always have something to do and it's really gotten me focused on sewing. If everything opened up tomorrow, I think I'd still be doing the same thing, but because things did shut down and I did have to slow down and stay home more, it gotten, it's gotten me into that habit of spending more time at my sewing machine. So um, it definitely did help me, I believe. And I think some habits will stay um, even once the pandemic is over. Oh, that's great. And I think I have actually been known to sit with my hidden quilt, binding a quilt while I'm watching a Zoom meeting as well. And I don't think that takes away from it. You're still sitting there watching. But so Felicity, did did this challenge that you're doing together make a big difference for you over the pandemic? You know, I, I am an extreme homebody. So in general, the lockdown and, and the need to be at home over the pandemic didn't change my life all that much. I already um, spent a fair bit of time sewing, spent a fair bit of time at home. I was already working from home because my office was undergoing renovations. So honestly, the transition for me from that perspective was seamless. What I really missed was meeting people in person, being able to get together for a sew day um, and just spend time with friends. So that part I, I found challenging so uh, and missing. So yes, I would say the opportunity to connect over the, the goals. I mean, it's not an exact replacement for meeting in person, but it continues that connection. And it definitely helped me just focus on something other than being anxious about um, what's happening in the world around us. So yeah, it definitely helped. Yeah. And I'm watching this unfold for you guys on Instagram. I noticed that you like to post other things in between your quilty stuff. So Nadia, who's that little character that you love to post? On oh, Instagram? I think you're talking about my cat. <laughs> like she's <laughs> yeah. the manager of the quilt room. Yes. She seasons all the quilts as one friend once put it as she lies on everything. Um, unless it's being given to someone with allergies, I try and keep those away. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I do post a lot of my cats. Um, I do actually like to have boundaries between my sewing life and my work life and other things that I do. I, um, I started that pretty early and, um, I'm kind of happy that I did, you know, like people from work don't necessarily need to know how many hours I spend sewing <laughs> and, and, uh, vice versa. Right. So I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty big on the boundaries and, um, and I, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And there's some people who, who follow multiple of my personas who, who, who are in multiple uh, facets of my life. But, uh, yeah, it's something that if, if, you know, if, if you haven't thought of before and you have very different or differing goals for your, for your social media, I found it really helpful in making connections, keeping connections, and um, and just having separate spaces and times for different things. Like if I want to look at fabric, I'm not seeing posts about COVID or politics or what what have you. Whereas if I want to uh, look at politics or what's going on on in my community, I can log into my other Facebook. But if that's getting me down, I can kind of go back and forth. So, so. So in my, in my fabric profile, it's mostly fabric and my cat. 
<laughs> that's great and felicity you have a whole other challenge going on in your life with reading so tell us about that i love seeing what you're gonna read what you've just read so quickly i can never believe it well audiobooks are the key to my so along yeah, with the time that i'm in my studio i don't watch i know lots of people will watch like netflix or television or what have you what i do um i i listen to audiobooks so I have a reading goal for the year of 90 books. Last year, I read 100 books. Um, and that isn't the goal. The goal isn't the number at all. It The goal is I do other reading challenges through um, Book Riot, actually, and Goodreads. There are reading women challenges. Last year, my challenge to myself was to read only women authors. Uh, and then layering on top of that was a reading women challenge. So there were 26 prompts or I guess I like the prompts so prompts or tasks of suggested themes for reading whether it's a um, a book by a trans author or a romance featuring an LGBTQ plus character or um, a, a book by an author from the Caribbean. Um, so it exposed me to other authors and books and themes that I wouldn't normally have chosen. So that is the challenge part of it. And it keeps me interested. But I'll, I'll read pretty much any old thing, whatever is next available in my library queue, I exclusively use the library, the Libby app from um, our local library, or our regional library is where I get all of my audiobooks. So that's, um, that's one of my challenges. And uh, that's a challenge. And then what I'm also posting about is my love for local uh, wineries and breweries and distilleries. There's a, a plethora of wonderful um, artisanal um, wine and beer and cider and, uh, and other drinks here on the Naramata bench and in this local South Okanagan area. So um, I often will post uh, wines that I've drunk and ciders that I'm enjoying. And I've been known to prompt some sales for local wineries because <laughs> I'll say, hey, this wine is on sale and it's less than 13 bucks a bottle and you should buy some. And uh, I think I've sold it. It was, uh, I think it was, there was quite a run there. It was about six, six cases that I, uh, that I sold for, uh, for a local winery because of my very, you know, excellent advertising. So. Oh, that's great. That's so fun. Outside the pandemic, did you guys ever get together to get shit done? Like that wasn't something you did much, was it? Not a ton. Um, we sewed together a few times um, in smaller groups or with our guild. But since we both work um, and have yeah. other um, responsibilities, we, we didn't do that very often. I always love to know what kind of space you sew in. So Nadia, tell us a little bit about your home studio. Sure. Uh, we have. We used to have three bedrooms. <laughs> now one of them is a sewing room. So I used to sew in the basement and uh, my partner was like, hey, I don't see you anymore. Maybe you should move into the office. And the office slowly migrated to being just a laptop. <laughs> and now I have a, a sewing space um, on the main floor, which is really nice. I have natural light. Um, we can talk to each other. The kitchen's really near here and I can kind of wander in and out. So um, it works. It works for us um, being a family of two. So um, it's it's great to, to still have that that connection and that, that works for us. Oh, that's great. And Felicity, your studio is not in your house. Where's your studio? It is, no, my studio is not in my house. Uh, it is 
above our two-car garage, which is a separate building from our house. So I walk across the lawn 60 steps um, to my studio. Um, that was pretty much the selling feature for this house when uh, when my partner saw the uh, saw that space, which was roughed in. When we were looking at the house, he said, yeah, this is going to be your studio, isn't it? And I said, it <laughs> sure is. So um, it's lucky that it's it doesn't have plumbing because otherwise my family would never see me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a beautiful big studio with um with some natural light um and it has space for a nice big design wall and a big cutting table and i have a long arm um quilting machine in there and it's it's i am extremely fortunate i am i recognize how privileged i am to have such a beautiful space and my own space that only i use and i don't have to share um, with anyone else in the family i can go out there i can put my audiobook on my little portable speaker and uh, so to my heart's content. So yes, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. That sounds really good. And of course we live in the Okanagan, which is a beautiful temperate climate, but have there ever been a time where you had to throw on your boots and trudge through the snow to get to your studio? <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, throughout the winter. And, and in fact, there were, you know, speaking of weeks where, we didn't get a lot of shit done, or at least I didn't. It was, you know, we have our cold snaps here over the winter, and there were definitely evenings. Again, I'm working during the day, so um, my sewing time is in the evening during the week, and it was just too cold to go out. I didn't want to put on my slip on my boots and my coat and my, you know, hat to make my way to my studio. It was much more cozy to be in the living room with my book um, <laughs> and our um, our wood burning stove. So, and I do that unapologetically. It's just tonight is not the night. I want to spend time in my studio. I want to be here reading and with my cats and uh, my family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now everyone knows that I love to do the lightning round Robin with all of my guests. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. So we'll just take turns. I'll do question then Felicity, then Nadia. Are you guys both ready? Ready. Okay, good. Okay, so now you might say you're not really competitive, but whose stash is getting smaller at this point? Felicity? Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nadia, is yours getting smaller? I was going to say Felicity's, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Felicity, what is your favorite notion? Oh, um, I'm going to say my design wall because um, it helps me, especially with my be social creations, they aren't done from a pattern. So being able to build on the design wall, even if it's just, just quote unquote a block, and being able to step back is, um, is quite useful. So I'd have to say my, uh, my design wall is my favorite notion. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely. And Nadia, what's your favorite notion? I got this for my mom. It's really cool. It's this four-in-one essential sewing tool by CT Publishing. Alex Anderson is on it. And there is a seam ripper, which is definitely needed. And all. And the pokey things to turn out corners. I, I don't know what they're called, but yeah. Yeah, kind of like a wooden hair marker kind oh, of thing, yeah. Right? And okay, this is awesome. something that someone isn't going to accidentally take thinking that it's theirs in a swing <laughs> um, <laughs> class. Not that we have classes together anymore, but I've lost many things and I just don't know where they went. And I think it's just like, oh, I had that purple seam ripper. And oh, now I have two because I've just I've lost them. But I, this is pretty unique. So I like it. Okay, Felicity, has there been one person who has really made a difference or created opportunities for you in quilting? Yeah, I would have to say Krista Hennebury, who I met through the Vancouver Modern Quilt Guild. Um, she invited me, 
she opened up quite a world for me of, of friendship and um, mentorship and opportunity um, when she, you know, kind of took me under her wing and, and included me in her, in her circle. So I um, was invited to contribute a project to the book that she wrote and compiled. I have gone on many overnight and multiple night retreats that she organizes. Um, and she really, you know, because I connected with her online, she opened up um, some introductions to me and actually introduced me to the person that invited me to be in Be Social. So I would have to say, from that perspective, kind of connection seems to be the theme of my responses. And, and I would have to say that Krista made lots of wonderful connections for me. Oh, that's great. And I love Krista. She was on the show, of course. So if you haven't heard that podcast episode, go to the website and check back a few episodes and you'll hear her wonderful story. And Nadia, was there someone who really made a difference for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I started to quilt at Cherry Tree Quilts and uh, the owner, Barb Gillespie, I hadn't even finished my my first uh, my first uh, sampler and they were looking for um, just uh, workers at the shop. And I said, yeah, well, maybe when I know what I'm doing, I'd love to work a Saturday or two since I have the other job job. And she's like, come on, come on out. So um, working at a quilt shop, even just, you know, I think I worked, I started working every Saturday and then it was twice a month and then it was once a month and then it just became too much. But doing that for a few years, it really got me connected with the quilting community. Like um, I started quilting when I was about 35 and there weren't a heck of a lot of 35 year olds that I knew that were quilting, especially ones that weren't necessarily making baby quilts, right? Like I was doing modern mm -hmm. quilting, I was doing things that were not kid related, they were a lot different. So um, the only way to find those people was to be immersed, right? And since I had the 40 hour a week job job plus other things to, to have that dedicated time in a quilt store and seeing people come and go, asking people what they were doing, seeing the regulars, uh, that really got me into the community. And um, the people who work there are lovely from, uh, you know, the little co-op student to the owners to everyone in between. There's been so many lovely people who've, who've worked at the shop. Um, not that I'm touting myself and Felicity, but we're, we're pretty rad too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> and Felicity, what color do you choose most often when you're quilting? You know, can I say two? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'll say one. Gray. I love to pair gray with all kinds of different, um, like a charcoal gray with brights or like a medium gray even with pastels. It's it's a color that I find does does what I like it to do with and it behaves nicely with others. So the quilts that I make that involve gray are typically my favorite, favorite ones. Like everything is my favorite, but my gray quilts are my favorite favorites. It's really good neutral, hey? Mm -hmm. And Nadia, what's your favorite color to use in I'm quilt? I'm going to say two. Did you say two? <laughs> she didn't. No. She brought it. She kind of did two values of the okay. same color. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with black and like acid lime green. Um, oh, okay. black, I use a lot of black for backgrounds. Um, that lime green, I, I have, I love it in pops of color in, in certain things. I haven't used a lot of it, but when I throw it into something, I just love it. So I would say that's uh, those two. Oh, and I just bought like neon, like acid green, yellow, uh, quilting thread through from Glide, which I'm so excited. Ah. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing that in show and tell. So Felicity, who have you loved making quilts for the most in your life? Can you choose? I know that's a hard question. 
That's a hard <laughs> question. Um, I would say my nieces and nephews, and they range in age. So my youngest nephew just turned two, and then my eldest has just turned 18. So um, it's a nice range. It can be like juvenile quilts, baby quilts, storm quilts. So it keeps me, keeps me, um, you know, creatively excited. And it's just a reason to think up a new, a new design or try a new pattern. So yeah, I would say the kids of my life, my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Kids are so fun. And my own kid. I should, yeah. you know, I do, I do make quilts for my own kid. Whoops. Well, of course, that's a given, right? <laughs> that's a given. And Nadia, who do you love making quilts for the most? Well, all of the quilts belong to my cat because she lies on them before anyone else. Um, and she, you know, she seems to like them all. So, so maybe, maybe her. I do love making them for my niece. I've made a few for my mom that were really special. Um, yeah. And just, I don't know. I just love making quilts. I don't, it doesn't even matter who it's for. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Okay. And Felicity, what do you listen to while quilting? I think we kind of already know, but. Sure. Uh, audiobooks. Uh, it used to be audiobooks and podcasts, um, but I got to my saturation point with my podcast. So I'm back at audiobooks and I, and again, a range, it can be light, light romance it could be nonfiction. it can be suspense um just whatever whatever's next up on my holds list is what i listen to and nadia what do you listen to usually it's quiet usually it's silent but recently um i've started binge watching golden girls while quilting Yes, all of the episodes are available on Amazon Prime and uh yeah my my partner as a joke started on one of my get stuff done sticky notes the episodes of golden girls that I've watched in the tally um you know like they're just great one-liners you don't really have to be fully immersed and the the outfits are just fabulous they are fabulous some of those outfits so oh I used to love the golden girls at Dorothy and yes, yeah yeah yeah, I love those guys. Okay. And last question of the lightning round, Robin, what is your favorite snack, Felicity? I don't eat in my studio, um, mainly because I don't have water out there. So if I spill something or get something on me, like I can't, so it'll be probably a glass of wine or a glass of cider. I'll, I'll pour one and, and take it out with me. Um, take it out with me while I sew. Good answer. I feel like giving points for that answer. Okay. What about you, Nadia? <laughs> I don't really eat while I sew. Um, there is cat food in my sewing room, but I don't eat that. Um, but yeah, I enjoy a wine or a scotch or a craft beer, but uh, not too many. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that was so fun, you guys. Thank you for enduring the lightning round, Robin. And Felicity, we'll just plug your Instagram handles here. My handle is at Felicity Quilts, um, all one word. So, you know, follow if you want to follow along with our accountability uh, get shit done posts or for book recommendations. I do have people <laughs> who uh, follow my book recommendation hashtag, drink suggestions. And, you know, I post actual, you know, projects that I'm working on, finished quilts, etc. Okay, that sounds good. And Nadia, what's your Instagram handle? At Nadia Loves Fabric. So um, yeah, I mostly post just about quilting. Sometimes there's other stuff, but again, 99% of it is quilting. Yeah, and your adorable cat. So, okay. Now I love to ask this question of all of my guests. So Felicity, what brings you the most joy in your quilting world? Just making. Just having uh, having something to do that's so different from my job job. Um being able to create being in my space again as a, as an introvert and homebody 
my happy place is and I'm and I, I I'm happy to be alone too I like I've got a partner and a child but I do appreciate my alone time and my quiet time so honestly that's what brings me joy is just being quiet by myself and making things and what about you Nadia what brings you joy Yep. I'm a, I'm a maker. I'm someone who can't sit still. I, I have a hard time watching television. I never could even as a kid, I always have to be doing something with my hands and uh, yeah. So just being able to relax, decompress, make things uh, with the company of my cat, with my partner popping in to see how I'm doing and chatting every once in a while. It's just the whole shebang. Yeah. Just that little 20 minutes a day can make the whole difference, right? Okay, now, of course, I have to mention the weekly podcast giveaway. So you'll see the photo of five Northcott fat quarters on the podcast preview today from the Briarwood Collection by Northcott by Michelle Designworks. You can find the link to enter the weekly giveaway in the Tuesday preview email or in the show notes on the Quilter on Fire YouTube page. Now, as we wrap up this episode, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today? Let's start with Felicity. Any, I would say that any project is composed of small steps. So if you want to accomplish anything, not even necessarily accomplish more, but you just want to accomplish something. And if it seems really big, just break it up into small bits and tackle one bit at a time. Yeah, that's such a great message. And how about you, Nadia? Uh, yep. Every stitch is a stitch towards a completed quilt. So, you know, whether, whether you spend... 10 minutes just organizing your space so you can sew the next day or pressing fabric that you can use in three days. It's all progress. No, no step is too small. So bit by bit. Yeah. Those are some really great messages to end with today. So ladies, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting us. So that was my show with quilting friends and accountability partners, Felicity Ronigan and Nadia Sokol. We all know it's hard to have 100% intentional good habits all the time, but Nadia and Felicity have a system of accountability for quilting that really works for them. I admire them for getting organized, setting little goals to tackle day by day, carving out time all while supporting each other as friends. And the thing I love most about what I heard today is that if they don't get something done, they simply readjust and move on. There's no guilt here, just the great idea of being accountable with a friend. And since I started talking to these two about accountability, I've started working with a quilting friend to try this out. And you can too. I really hope that you're inspired to get things done today. So drop me an email or send me a note on social media and let me know how you keep yourself accountable. And good luck with your list of UFOs. Did you know there is another way you can support this podcast besides listening in? I'm so pleased that you're willing to share your time with me each and every week, but you can also leave a review anytime. The best place to review a podcast is on the Apple Podcast app, but any other app will do. Whatever you listen to, that's where you leave your review. Week after week, I get the kindest emails from listeners like you, and it absolutely makes my day every single time. So why not leave a review? I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the quilter on fire.